All right. Um, yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, busy. Really yeah. busy. You guys have a good Valentine's Day? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, we obviously had, had, a, had fun on Valentine's Day. My wife and I went to the Iron and Wine Calexico concert. Super weird crowd, but a great show. And then actually the night after, uh, I gave her her Christmas present, which was cooking classes. And that sounds super sexist, but it was a couple's <laughs> cooking class All right. uh, at Cooks of Crocus Hill. It was super fun. Uh, but we're sitting there, we're making custard, it's great, everybody's laughing, and my phone is absolutely going nuts. And I thought it was you two assholes trying to, like, have some type of in-depth conversation or some other group text I'm on, you know, just sort of blowing up. So finally kind of reach a break where, you know, the custard isn't going to seize up, the meat's not going to burn, whatever. Pull out my phone, and it's all of these people telling me I'm an asshole, I should go kill myself. <laughs> and, like, look, I've said some things on Twitter, I, you know, I, I, I regret a little bit, but... Usually when I do something that gets that kind of response, I remember it. <laughs> so uh, I quick click through and try to figure out what's going on on Twitter. And it turns out Dwayne Wade managed to single-handedly ruin a dunk contest <laughs> that he was not participating in, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, but I can, tell you, I can tell you from my mentions, uh, I don't know if people lost a lot of money on this. I don't know if there was a lot of pride on the line or if people actually care this much about the dunk contest. But people were enraged. As you would like, I think I had all of Aaron Gordon's friends and family in my mentions <laughs> and, my, and my DMs telling me where I could shove it and yeah. what hole I could go die in. So, but this is honestly like the first time I get confused for Dwayne Wade all the time. Uh, I mean, not look, in not in person. You look a lot like him. Yeah, so. we, we look and we have a very similar fashion sense. Yeah, too. yeah, um, and definitely the same style budget. Um, that man dresses really sharply. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but I can. Uh, he dresses very expensively yes. as well. But, you know, almost all of the feedback I get uh, is pretty positive. People love Dwayne Wade. Uh, the <laughs> thing with his kid, uh, who's trans, people have been incredibly supportive. I was really stealing myself <laughs> for a bunch of homophobes in my, <laughs> in my mentions. Slide into your DMs. Well, yeah, and it, but they didn't come, which I was really, really excited about. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives me, like, a sliver of faith in humanity I didn't have before. But the dunk contest, <laughs> people came out of the fucking woodwork just to tell me how awful I was. And, and so, uh, for the first time ever, screw you, Dwayne. <laughs> you, you ruined my cooking class, that's, you that's, monster. Live from the lounge in the Black Heart of St. Paul, we are the days you know this is Dave. You want me to that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all Every check in with Dan to make sure he's uh, hasn't uh, headed to the rope store to pick up some rope for himself. Um, but yeah, we are we're back. Uh, we're actually going to record. This going to be a little, little different. We're recording two podcasts uh, today. One we'll get we'll drop on a, you know, late Monday night, Tuesday early Tuesday morning, uh, and then the second one is, will be our. So this will be our Eastern Conference preview. Um, then we're going to um, record our Western Conference preview right after this. But that is we're going to hold off on that one until probably. Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how um, how quickly I want to to edit it. So, uh, yeah, so, so it'll be a little different. We're we're gonna save Minnesota United for next week. Um, we're gonna let them finish out their season, uh, their preseason, 
and we'll talk um, about Minnesota United and uh, and then preview the opening um, the opening match against uh, Portland um, back where they are currently playing soccer right now. So that sound cool, guys? Sounds good. And uh, yeah, if you're wondering why we sound slightly drunker than usual at the beginning of a podcast <laughs> for the Western Conference preview, it's really because it's the middle of one <laughs> podcast session. Yes, so yes, exactly. We've essentially pre-gamed. We're using the uh, the Eastern Conference as a pre-game for the Western Conference yes, preview. Yes, uh, considering how, how much the, Western, the Eastern Conference sucks, we definitely need uh, need that. So. so, I mean, basically what Dan's saying and Texas is saying is just ignore this con- the podcast because this won't be very good by the time we're <laughs> drunk in the Western Conference that's where all the good hot takes are going to be sure sure all right um, so yeah so how we're going to do this uh, similar to what we did last year um, we're going to try not to spend 10 minutes on each fucking team because no one needs to talk about Atlanta United for more than 10 minutes for outside other than Atlanta United fans um, who are the worst uh, no I take that back they're actually very 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 nice people um, but we'll t- talk about the record from last year um, any sort of major subtractions or major additions that the team made um, probably tell a joke or two and then uh, um, and then at the end <clears throat> we'll spend a couple minutes talking about the you know the team what we think um, if we liked what they did in the offseason if we are not fans um, kind of leaving that one that door sort of wide open and then uh, at the very end we will do predictions for each conference so we'll do a predictions for the Eastern Conference um, we'll do predictions for the Western Conference which will we'll probably uh, shade our uh, um, or you know, spoiler: Our Minnesota, what we think for Minnesota, how Minnesota is going to uh, achieve this year without talking about them. Um, but we'll have some predictions, and then uh, you know, we haven't really figured out exactly we're gonna we're gonna kind of kind of wing it this one. So, all right, let's move. Let's go forward. And uh, the first first team is we're actually going to take the uh, the newest team to East, the Eastern Conference and MLS in general. Uh, David Beckham's Inter Miami. Um, their record last year was obviously that uh, it did not exist. Um, I'm going gonna, gonna to disagree with that. I think they <laughs> took a big old L last year when it turned out <laughs> that their stadium wouldn't get financed. I was going to say, I was, I was about to make the, lock, the, the crappy old Lockhart joke, but uh, you beat crappy me new Lockhart. Crappy new Lockhart. This yeah. is crappy new Lockhart. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Inter-Miami is, uh, is an interesting. Um, there's, they seem to be going the more of the Minnesota – uh, FC Cincinnati route than the Atlanta LAFC route in terms of their their acquisitions. Um, but do we have do we like anything that they that they added? Are you this year? saying that they're going to have a soft open? Uh, I mean, it kind of looks like it with a no fucking stadium. That's that's <laughs> true. Uh, I mean, that that re- reminds me a lot of uh, of Minnesota United. So, I mean, cr- crappy Lockhart might be new. Yeah, but, but it, and, and it's not the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. It's the Inter Fort Lauderdale. That's true, um, but. It's still going to be crappy. Yes. You know, the interesting so. thing with Miami is I don't think it's quite fair to say that they're going as bad as FC Cincinnati. Because there's definitely some money spent on this roster. I sure. Mean, as of about two hours before we recorded this, they brought in Rodolfo Pizarro from Monterey. Uh, they brought in Will Trapp for a ton of, I believe that was, well, Tam at the time. And now it'll get transitioned into Gamble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, though, you look up and down this roster, and it's a bunch of guys who have had a couple really good MLS seasons, but maybe haven't quite put together a full MLS career. And some of those guys, that's a little unfair, too. Yeah, Luis Robles. Luis Robles, I'll say, is, is very much a... And Ben Sweat has, has, uh, has uh, had a fairly... And Lee, Lee Nguyen, for you know whatever you want to say about Lee Nguyen, um, he's had a, a relatively successful MLS career. He's been a little, he's been a little more cold than hot recently, but... Um, he's still a, a, a he's still a, a serviceable number ten in in this league. So. Absolutely, and you throw Roman Torres in that back line, who's really solid. 
Um, didn't quite get the playing time at the end of last year. Alvis Powell looked pretty good for large stretches of last season. Uh, Juan Agadello up top, we know he can score goals. Uh, it's a lot of players that if you squint just right and they were all to hit their top form again, would be a really fearsome squad. Yeah. The flip side is, if they all play cold again, they could be bottom two in the conference. So I feel like Miami, almost more than any other team in the East, on a week-to-week basis, it's not going to be clear what you're going to get. Uh, I do think they'll probably get stronger as the season goes on, just because that's how, kind of how expansion teams work. Um, they're going to beat somebody they shouldn't. There's going to be some game, whether it's NYCFC or some random game against a Western Conference opponent, where you look at it and you go, this does not line up well for them, and they're going to win like 6-1. <laughs> yep. Yep. <clears throat> cool. I, I, MJ, you want to add anything on Inter-Miami? Uh, Will Trap. Uh, yep. I, I think it's a, it's a really nice addition in the midfield. Cool. Uh, all right. Now, speaking of NYCFC, um, they, won the, they won the league last year. Can you uh, uh, give us their record, Dan? Sorry. Hmm? They did I, not win the league last year. They won, they won the conference. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. That's what I meant. Conference. <laughs> they, won, they won their conference last year. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, I believe they finished with, like, 60-some points. Doesn't really matter. Um, ultimately, uh, <laughs> I don't know that pulled up. Yeah, no, it's all right. Uh, they did. Uh, they uh, they lost the aforementioned Ben Sweat in the expansion draft. Um, other than that, you know, they didn't. They don't really have a ton of major uh, players out. Eric, Eric Miller is, is someone that obviously we know here in Minnesota, <clears throat> um, who uh, had his option declined f- uh, for NYCFC. Um, they did bring in uh, Getty and Zolem, um, as well as Goodmunder Thor Thorensen. I went to Iceland. I should know how to say their names better. Goodmunder Thorarensen. Um, I have a fun. You guys know how like how you get named in Iceland? Not yeah, a clue, actually. It, yeah, it actually, uh, it's very uh, th- based on family. Yeah. So the, all the all the most uh, um, Icelandic uh, soccer you know players are you know men end in S O N and women end in Dolter. It's basically it's your father's name, son. So this guy's father was named Thorarin. And so it's Thorin's son. And if he had a daughter, it would have been, been Thorin Thorin Dolter. Yeah. Um, so it's based on your father's name. I also read a really great article like that. Iceland has like the the highest number of like out of wedlock uh, babies because they, just, it's very like they have you know they obviously the the uh, they take really good care of you. You have really great health care, and uh, there's a really big social safety net. So people are like they don't fucking need to get married for health care and shit. So. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> fun facts about Iceland that I just uh, I just sh- shared with you guys. Uh, what do you guys think of NYCFC? Do you think they have the uh, capability to repeat uh, as next year? MJ, uh, you know, losing Ben Sweat uh, is is somewhat of a of a big deal, but I don't know. Th- they're bringing in people like uh, Thorarensen. Yeah. That's going to help. Uh, the big question for me for NYCFC is that coaching change. Yeah, I forgot uh, to even mention that they didn't the, they didn't hire a fucking coach until so like middle of January. But, well, yeah, so it's not like so Dominic Torrent. There, there, there are re- maybe those that you that know the details of this. I'm looking at my two podcast uh, co-hosts. Dominic Torrent left due to mutual consent. Um, all I remember about that situation is it was definitely mutual. It definitely was. I mean. Dom Terence 
tenure with NYCFC was extremely successful. I think saying otherwise would be a lie. Um, but he didn't feel like he had the transfer kitty that he wanted. He wasn't able to bring in the players he wanted. And the weird thing about NYCFC is, of course, they're owned by the same people who own Manchester City. And so there is something... There's not straight reciprocity, but there's definitely an understanding of players who do well there will sort of bring over to Europe, maybe coaches, maybe also the same way. Worth pointing out, Torrent does not have a landing spot yet, but it's also yeah. the middle of the European season. So yeah. that's that's not maybe the craziest thing in the world. Um, I will stand Gideon Zalalem until I die. Um, for those he's great. For those of you who don't know, he's an Arsenal Academy prospect. Yeah. Um, he's also a U.S. international. Uh, so if someone can finally get his legs underneath him and get him up to sort of anything resembling his talent level, you will see him with a men's team because the talent, the talent is there. Um, we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen it consistently. Yeah. I don't, <clears throat> in all truth, I don't love the fact that he's going to be fighting for playing time in that midfield. Uh, Alexander Matriza, uh, Bear, they're really, really potent up top. Um, they do. They still lack some depth at the nine. Um, if Ebear went went down, they would be. I mean, just looking at their roster just very quickly, it's like no, no, no like no one on their roster, like in their on their depth chart, stands out. Like as this is like a the best player in his, at his position in the league. Yet it's like the sum of the parts, you know, are better than the individual parts themselves. So I'll be interested to see. I, they they're playing in obviously they're playing in uh, Concacaf Champions League, um, which starts up relatively soon. Manana. Um, yeah, that's right. And then uh, they just want to, you know, they really don't want to take a step back. Um, you know, we saw the Red Bulls take a big step back last year. I, I kind of get the feeling that uh, NYCFC might be, especially if they really throw their hat into the uh, to the Champions League ring, they may may see a, an additional step back. So, uh, so the, they ended up hiring in early January. I want to say around like the first week in January, they hired uh, Ronnie Diela, and Ron Dela's from Norway. Most of his coaching is is in the Norwegian league, the elites are in. And the last team he coached for was uh, Valaranga. The weird thing is, amidst all these Norwegian teams, there's uh, a two-year or three three-season stint at Celtic in there. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know anything else about the guy other than the resume I just read you. So, <laughs> didn't he streak? Am I thinking of a different coach? Isn't he the one who said if we if we win the league, he'll streak or he'll wear like a thong or something like that? I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Like the two things I know about the guy are that he coached at Celtic after Broge, which is just a terrible act to follow. Oh yeah. Um, Brendan Rodgers had a Braj. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually never heard it pronounced. I've only ever seen yeah. it written. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brodge makes way more sense. Uh, Brendan Rodgers had an amazing run at Celtic before taking over Leicester, and he's obviously done amazingly well there. So I know he took over, unfortunately, right after Brodge at Celtic. Uh, and yeah, I'm like 99% sure that he either was naked and running around or wearing like a George Costanza-esque, <laughs> extremely limited amount of clothing. So, yeah. So the guy's got passion. We can <laughs> we can say that with uh, with full certainty. Yeah. The, the Nordic, uh, you know, taking liberties. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of passion, let's talk about the most passionate uh, fan base in MLS and they invented soccer, Atlanta United. Um, they had an interesting, uh, interesting offseason. Um, they lost Darlington Nagby. They traded him to Columbus. Uh, they lost Brandon Vasquez in, their, in the expansion draft. Um, Did you just call New York Red Bulls Manchester United? No. No. What? What? I thought you just said Manchester United. 
No, no. Atlanta United. Atlanta United. Oh, Atlanta United. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Pay the Manchester man. of Georgia. The of Manchester course. of Georgia. Every, yes. Everyone calls it that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the biggest, they're probably the biggest loss of, obviously, was Julian Gressel, um, traded to DC United in middle of <laughs> January. Um, yeah, they didn't bring in a ton of, uh, of difference makers. Um, they did uh, get Brooks Lennon, uh, former Liverpool Academy uh, pros- uh, prospect from uh, RSL. Um, other than that, they didn't, uh, they didn't do a whole lot to bring in anything new for Atlanta. Um, other than Adam John from Phoenix Rising, Phoenix. They, they they get Edgar Castillo for on a free transfer uh, at defense. He will be like third on the depth chart on both fullback positions. So he's just a depth signing. Uh, they really are struggling on that left side. Both their left wing and their left fullback positions are are pretty raw. So let me put you guys put the question to you guys. Is Frank DeBoer's seat the hottest in MLS? I mean, he was on fragile ground last year before Atlanta United kind of started to find its footing sort of midseason. They were horrible to start the last year, if you guys remember. Yeah. I, you look at the players who have moved on, you look at the players or the lack of players they've brought in, it doesn't look like they're headed for success this year. Does DeBoer make it all the way through the season? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I, I was very much, yeah, like, very much against that DeBoer coming in just based on his most recent track record of managing um, soccer teams, including his horrendous stint at Crystal Palace um, just before he took over Atlanta. Um, you know, I think with they have the, the talent that they have, I, I really feel and, and just knowing, you know, knowing a little bit more about Atlanta and, and Arthur Blank and, and the ownership group there, they're not going to fuck around. Um, if um, they start out poor, um, they get knocked out of the CONCACAF Champions League early on, and uh, they start out poor in MLS, I could easily see uh, DeBoer being gone before the, um, before the transfer window even actually closes in, 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 uh, in MLS, so, which is at the, I think, beginning of May or end of May. It's sometime in May. So I could easily see him uh, getting the, get the can right you know, soon. One of the interesting things about Atlanta's transfers this offseason is they have done something that other MLS teams have been a little bit reticent to do, which is traded players in the division. So if Julian Gressel starts like a house on fire, they're going to see him twice this year. Same with Darlington Nagby. Uh, they didn't. Uh, Leandro Gonzalez Perez uh, is in Club Tijuana in Mexico, so they're not going to have to deal with that. But uh, those other guys, if those guys do great, Atlanta's going to be immediately victimized by it. Yeah. That Julian Gressel absence, I think they're really gonna gonna feel like he just does so many things well on both ends of the pitch. Plus, he's working on uh, getting his green card. I actually think becoming a citizen. Um, I think he wants a, a shot at uh, the uh, U.S. Men's, U.S. Men's, Men's National, National Team. team. So uh, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, if he becomes, as far as FIFA is concerned, eligible, I can't see anyone ahead of him on the depth chart. Yeah, um, I'm curious. A guy who who will not be playing with Atlanta this season. Uh, is Andrew Carlton, speaking of yeah. uh, the future of the men's national team, what do you guys think of his situation? Is that a loss for Atlanta? Are they better off not having him as a distraction? I honestly, I really think he just he he was not able to find the, uh, the, the the pitch at all. So I really think he was. I think you're right. I think he was more of a uh, more of a distraction than he was uh, a benefit to to the team. And you know. We love for you know love for him to get his legs underneath him uh, in the USL with Indy Eleven and um, you know either make his way back into the team or you know create some trade value for himself. I know that there's was it 
two years ago, there was talk of, uh, I know there was rumors about a potential loan to Minnesota um, for Carlton. Um, I don't think, I think that probably would have stunted his growth even more than not playing for Atlanta. <laughs> um, at least with Atlanta, you got, you had, uh, you had some, you know, relatively, a, a relatively decent manager at the time. Not anymore, obviously. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think it'd be great for Indy 11. Um, you know, would love to, to see him turn his, you know, get his career back on track. Do you do we think he will start for Indy Eleven? Is he going to be get starter minutes? I I don't know. Yeah. It's in a USL podcast. I don't know. I would imagine um, that he's. I gonna, would imagine as He's well. going to be given every opportunity possible to 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 start and, and to see minutes. But who the hell knows, man? We wish him the best. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Next up is the Philadelphia Union. Uh, they finished in fourth place in uh, Eastern Conference last year. Or sorry, third place. Sorry, third place. Um, Won the first playoff game in franchise history. Won the first playoff game in which franchise history. Which was a thriller. History. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, finally, we've been, we've been talking about Philadelphia, you know, uh, the Philadelphia Union for, and the Sons of Ben um, for a long time. That, 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 is a one, that is one franchise that has really gotten, like, has had terrible luck. And, like, it finally, finally broke through. Uh, I think Jim Curtin might be uh, the best, one of the best coaches in the in MLS. He's not on the hot seat. He is definitely not on the hot seat. He was for a long time, but um, and he's, oh, yeah, no, no, they're, they're they're playing entertaining, attacking soccer. Yeah, um, they did lose uh, Menduin. Um, guy, his names are fucking terrible. How, how ter- terrible to pronounce? Majunin. Majunin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I was like, I was, just, I was, like, I was like having having a stroke uh, <laughs> right there, um, which I think is a is a uh, huge blow for for the Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia Union. Um, U.S. National Aaron Trusty on defense. Yep, goes to uh, he, a, a back line that includes Sam Vines on Colorado. So. Yeah, so they did lose a, a few key pieces, um, but uh, you know what? What do we think about uh, Philadelphia Union so far? You know, they, they kept a lot of their players, with the exception of Eugene, and, um, they kept a lot of their players that really, really pushed them last year. Um, they still have El Sino, who is up to his old tricks. If you watch any of the preseason videos, <laughs> he's still stunting on defenders. Um, I think Curtin, honestly, is probably the, the biggest asset that they kept in the offseason. I have to imagine he was a, a hot target, just seeing what he's done with them. Um, this is a team that plays really well together. I think a little bit like you said with NYCFC, they're more than the sum of their parts. Um, what remains to be seen is whether they can find that sort of defense to offense switching that we saw quite unfortunately as the, the first team to beat Minnesota at Allianz, the only team to beat Minnesota at Allianz, without that midfielder, that sort of eight TikTok. Um, I don't think it's an impossible thing to replace. I think, as we saw in Minnesota United's first two seasons, if you don't have that player, you end up with a defense that's something, an offense that's something, and the team that's sort of less than the sum of its parts because it's missing that connector. If they can figure out that piece, I see no reason that they won't make it back to the playoffs in a weak conference. That said, they could be a team that six to eight weeks from now we look at and go, yeah, they're just really underperforming. Yeah. Right on. Do we know anything about uh, Jose Martinez uh, from Zubia? He's the uh, yeah. Venezuelan. Uh, so he's like a, I think a decade younger. He's more of a more of a, like a, a bald, like a destroyer kind of uh, in the in the midfield. So not quite a like for like replacement, um, but definitely I think someone who's faster and, and um, you know much closer to the you know starting their prime as opposed to being at the, you know tail end of their prime. Okay, so. 
At least that's what I that's what I've that's what I've read about him. So they will play at speed. Their yes. defense is extremely mobile. Their offense does a lot of switching, which makes them extremely difficult to cover. And so if Martinez is sort of a, more of a fit for that and a pivot, they could be extremely dangerous on the break. Yeah. Um, all right. Toronto FC moving moving right along. Um, so they finished they finished in fourth place uh, last year in uh, the Eastern Conference. Um, 13 wins, 11 draws, and 10 losses for 50 points. Tied with actually DC United, um, who are also on 50 points. But um, they hosted their uh, their home match and beat DC. So uh, what do we what do we know about Toronto FC uh, and their um, their moves so far in this off season? I feel like they made their moves a little bit last season, uh, a little bit like Atlanta. They started off horribly. <laughs> uh, they looked eminently beatable. Uh, and then Josie Altidore got healthy for a brief minute, although that has <laughs> that has faded. Oh, no. Uh, and Alejandro Pozuelo came in to really just sort of anchor that offense. Yeah. Um, they actually started off okay, and then everybody left for Gold Cup, and that's when they really – Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bradley and – and company, yeah. Then that's when they really took those But then they got they went out and as you mentioned, they got Omar Gonzalez, they got uh, Nicolas Benezets, um, and uh, Erickson Gallardo, um, and then yeah, Pozuelo just saved their ass very, very much. He very much came into the league a little bit like Darwin Quintero. Uh, good name for soccer observers, maybe not the biggest name for casual fans, and then chipped keepers just with absolute <laughs> yes. merciless Darwin Darwin esque uh, chipping abilities. Um, probably even better than Darwin. I don't know if it's a little blasphemous to say it in, in, on a Minnesota podcast, but. Um, interesting veteran pickup in, in uh, Piatti, uh, Pablo Piatti, uh, Argentinian who's been playing for La Liga Team Espanol, and before that for Valencia. Uh, he's 30 years old. Uh, I'm guessing he's a depth. Well, he's a designated player, though. Yeah. They, they pay big money for him. Oh, he'll be starting, I think. I think yeah. he'll be, he's top of the, you know, he's top of their depth okay. chart. So, um <clears throat> Yeah, I'm just generally interested in, in you know, what uh, Toronto FC looks like. I know this is, you know, they're, they, I, they're not playing uh, Champions League football this year. They, I believe they lost to Montreal in the, their open, the open Cup, the Canadian Open, open Cup. Oh, that's right. Um, so they are not, uh, they are not playing uh, ch- uh, Champions League soccer. So that, there's really no excuse for them to not, um, not step up and start playing um, well. They have a few young kids. Um, they signed a lot of homegrown guys. They, yeah, they've signed a lot of homegrown guys. And, and really, I think the biggest question um, that I have is, like, can Bradley, Pozuelo, and uh, Osorio all exist together in, uh, like, a three-man midfield? Um, I'm just not sure if that can – it's true. Pozuelo f- seemed to play a lot better when Bradley wasn't out uh, on the pitch. And so, you know, do you sacrifice, you know, your, high, your highest-paid player? Um, and one of your highest-paid players, if you know – the the younger guy is going to be much better. So, I do want to interject something here real quick. Yeah, uh, NYCFC did not represent the Eastern Conference last year. They in fact were beaten by Toronto FC, who then went they won all the, the regular season league. They, right. That's that's what I meant. There you go. That was their but, top. They were top of the table in the Eastern Conference. But Toronto made it all the way to uh, to the finals. They did. Yes. Um, so we'll just kind of clear that up for the record. I, my big question. I think I think your question about Pozuelo coexisting with two other talented midfielders is good. Uh, my question is, uh, can Josie Altidore exist with their ownership? Um, Altidore has been really, really public with his criticism of them, of the team, of MLS. And honestly, I don't think any of it is wrong, but it 
does it makes things a little bit tense in the organization and to their credit they've done a phenomenal job saying we knew this was the guy Josie was and we don't care yeah I just wonder how much that's true uh, for full transparency's sake if Toronto kind of put him up on the block and said hey we're, we're done with this guy find him a new home I would take him on Minnesota United in a heartbeat I think he still has the talent and I love the drive he has but the reality of it is it does make it a little bit challenging to do club communication sometimes <laughs> and maybe maybe that is starting to grate and, on them and he is 30 years old but yeah also true I think I'll be really interested to see if Josie can sort of segue from uh, that sort of uh, face to goal striker beat somebody off the dribble get a really powerful shot in into more of a back to goal hold up striker working with his wings a little bit more um if he can do that i think he's probably got another six or seven years on his career do, can he learn a fake spin one way pivot back the other way you know some moves that can buy him some more time and more space with the ball can he be the player minnesota united swore angelo rodriguez was <laughs> but very clearly was very not. Yeah, very definitely was not <clears throat> All right, moving right along. Um, DC United is next up on our list. Um, they, again, as I mentioned, finished fifth last year. They lost, of course. They lost uh, Wayne Rooney, um, their, uh, their oh, so talisman. <clears throat> He's now uh, managing player managing at Derby County and actually turning Derby County season around fairly well. Um, they also lost uh, Luciano Acosta, uh, a couple other players. They brought in, sorry, their big, big signing, um, obviously, they as you mentioned in the Atlanta section, uh, they brought in Julian Gressel uh, on a trade from Atlanta. Um, they signed a uh, homegrown player, Kevin Paredes, and brought in probably the biggest uh, news of the offseason outside of Julian Gressel, um, Edison Flores from uh, Morelia, um, a midfielder. Yeah. Um, he is really fuck. Morelia is my, my league MX team, so I watch a lot of uh, Monarchist matches. And I was watching, uh, it must have been match sometime in, in December, and um, was watching Edison Flores play. It was just like, holy shit, why are we not trying to sign this motherfucker? And te- texted uh, Rodrigo, um, who is the you know N- Peruvian uh, Peruvian um, ambassador ambassador, and he was like, yeah, he's really good. We should we should totally sign him. And then literally like I think two weeks later, uh, he got signed by um, DC DC United. So um, playing for the wrong United, playing for the wrong United, uh, as is Julian Grussell. So. What do you guys think about DC United, uh, their moves this year, and what we're looking for out of them this year? So many of their pieces are just really smartly in place. Losing Rooney is obviously a blow. Um, you know, yeah, he he sort of continued MLS's reputation as a retirement league. Yada yada. He still played really fucking well for DC, uh, yeah. and not just against Orlando City, although frequently against Orlando City. <laughs> Luciano Acosta, honestly, maybe their the bigger loss of the two, but. Their biggest loss this season is going to be Paul Ariola, yeah. who uh, probably tore his ACL. Has that been confirmed yet? I have, I have not seen it. He went down in a, in a preseason match uh, badly. The expectation is that he tore his ACL, which, uh, without getting into uh, my injury hat, uh, is the injury that Kevin Molino and Ethan Finley had last mm-hmm. year, uh, two seasons ago, which tells you two things. One, you miss an entire season, and two, the second season back is just a little bit down. Yes. Uh, so that would be a massive loss for the club. Honestly, I think even more than either Rooney or Acosta on their own. Uh, I love the addition of Julian Gressel. He's going to immediately make them better. Edison Flores, totally Edison, sorry, totally agree, is a phenomenal addition. Uh, he kills it for the Peruvian national team. Yeah. I still stand for Yamil Assad. 
who they're they're bringing back into the squad. Uh, ben Olsen's going to give him another try. <laughs> you know, maybe he fits, maybe he doesn't. He's a super talented player, and I really like his presence on DC if he stays. Yep. Not to mention, you know, we didn't even mention uh, Bill Hamid, um, uh, you know, fantastic uh, American goalkeeper. And then they have Ola Kamara up top, um, which we always forget that they had the fucking Ola Kamara. But they do. They have Ola Kamara up top as well, who is a damn good striker. <clears throat> a damn good striker as well. So, I mean, Bill Hamid, who's, who spent, a, 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 is it one or two seasons in the Danish league? With uh, uh, Midtjylland? I think it was just the one season. But it was hilarious that... DC was so strapped for goalkeeping. It's like, yeah, we need you back. Yeah, come back. And you really could say that he paved the way for Vito <laughs> to join the Danish league, the the MLS to Super League pipeline. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to say that. Yeah, no. <laughs> or should you yeah. actually? You're reaching there, but you know, maybe. All right. Next up, we have the uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, they had a disappointing season uh to say the to say the very least last year and um did not meet expectations did not did not meet expectations uh, in the in the ticket office or on the pitch yeah um which is sucks because they play in such a great uh beautiful stadium. such a great stadium and they can hardly fill it up and and they're gonna get to new york city nycfc is gonna be playing CONCACAF champions league matches in uh in their in stadium Harrison, new jersey yeah so because they actually that stadium actually meets CONCACAF slash FIFA requirements for international gameplay. And it's not a uh, baseball stadium. Na- and if you've ever... F- Yankee Stadium does not meet those requirements. Not even close. A, tra- not a, tra- a trapezoidal field does not meet those requirements. It may not meet any of the requirements, actually. If you've ever flown into Newark, you sort of fly very low <laughs> over Red Bull Arena. Yep. And it's gorgeous. Yes. Like, say what you will about the Red Bull Corporation, but they do a really fucking good job with their soccer teams. Yep. yep. Um, so some of the big, uh, big signings and, and uh, subtractions... Obviously, we mentioned Luis Robles. I went to Inter Miami. Um, BWP is uh, out of Bradley the contract. Phillips, um, one of the one of the probably greatest goal scorers in MLS history. <clears throat> the ageless wonder that is finally showing some age. <laughs> yeah, and the son of Ian Wright. And the son of Ian Wright, which I like actually didn't know until <laughs> yeah. I read an Ian Wright biography. I was like, oh my god, I feel so stupid that of course he's Bradley Wright Phillips. Instead. Yeah, but yeah. So to say that he has. Uh, kingly bloodlines is underselling how fucking good <laughs> both he Sean Wright Phillips his brother and Ian Wright his father really are right on um, they did bring in a uh, uh, David Jensen from Utrecht uh, in the Eredivisie um, Dutch and uh, Mandela Egbo uh, from Darmstadt which uh, plays in the uh, Bundesliga 2 um, and you know, it sounds like those guys are going to get Zwei Bundesliga. Bundesliga is fine. Um, we'll get every opportunity to make the team. They have obviously still have uh, Aaron Long on the on the uh, on the roster, um, Kaku uh, and Daniel Royer on the left wing. So it's a they didn't they didn't do much to fiddle with their uh, with their starting lineup. Um, uh, most of their signings seem to be depth signings um, or at places where they actually had some ability for some competition. So I mean, you know, is it I guess what's what's new with the Red Bulls? I don't know. I think I think we might see uh, another Chris um, Armas is still coaching. Yep, Chris Armas is still coaching. Um, I think they really need Kaku um, to. I mean, the team is like let's 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 be fair. The team is solid, but there's no they're not they're not spectacular. I really think you know this team needs Kaku um, to you know become a twenty goal scorer. Um, Step it up Kaku. for for the for them. Otherwise, it could be a lot of the same. A lot of sort of. Middling mediocrity. I mean, the East is, for all intents and purposes, the East is wide open. 
um, anybody could win that win that conference. So it's really uh, frustrating to see a team that with an organization that is as well run as the Red Bulls are to to not um, really go for it. You know, it's interesting to see too. Uh, one of their hallmarks in the seasons when they were good, in addition to Bradley Wright Phillips scoring great goals, was a really really stingy defense. Uh, they sold Tyler Adams, obviously. Micah Murillo left to Anderlecht this season. More power to him. And Luis Robles, obviously we talked about him with Miami. Good, bad, or indifferent, their defense looks really different than it used to. And I'll be very interested to see, you know, how good was Luis Robles? How many points was he stealing for Red Bulls? Uh, now that and, and we'll see that we'll see an interesting variable because we'll see him with a totally different defense, and we'll see the Red Bull defense, albeit without Murillo defending a new goal so uh, yeah the east is wide open yeah the red bulls could get hot and do something there honestly i don't see it yeah all right jumping along um we'll do our last we'll do the last uh uh, playoff team and then we'll take a quick break and then uh, finish out the rest of the uh, the rest of the division um the last playoff team is the new england revolution uh now talk about a team that started off fucking terrible um Still only, be Minnesota United. Only, uh, only to have Bruce Arena come in and uh, Bruce Arena s- effect uh, save the day. Um, yeah, apparently we're too. Everybody's really pissed off about um, Brad Friedel's fucking fake English accent that he that he affects everywhere, which is entirely appropriate. Yeah. Um, so they Being brought, pissed about it. Not the accent. <laughs> the accent is unforgivable. Exactly. Uh, so the Revolution uh, they lost uh, Juan Ag- Agudelo, um, Edgar Castillo, uh, Castillo um, brought in uh, Sesinovich from Kansas City. Um, Adam Buxa. Sinovich. Sino- yeah, Sinovich. He's MJ's favorite player. Uh, I love to hackle him. Yeah, Ad- Adam Buxa. Uh, Such a Seth. Who, uh, I don't know if you watched, I mean, we all watched the, uh, the, the Minnesota United match yesterday, and, and Buxa was all over the place um, playing up top for them, as well as they brought in uh, Kellen Roll, uh, Rowe um, as another free agent. So what do we think about the Revolution's uh, chances this year? I like him. Uh, you know, they, they got hot at the end of last season. Arena came in. They brought in Gustavo Bull. Uh, and the attack started to look functional. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. was, it was good, but it was not only not good before, it was not functional before. Um, maybe they didn't have the most inspiring offseason. I love bringing in Kellen Rowe. Seth Novik's a nice defensive – a nice uh, a depth piece. Uh, Adam Buxa, it's a preseason game, so let's not, you know, make – too many grand judgments on it looked aggressive up front and i liked his ability to draw people off gustavo bull um we should shout out minneapolis city prospect brandon by mm-hmm. uh who's now getting really solid minutes for the revolution this is a team that is just really really solid uh i think teal bunbury yeah yeah, teal yeah bunbury. S- starting starting right back brandon by uh for for the revolution so. yeah so this i mean this is for all intents and purposes the only real linkage besides Kevin Garnett between Minneapolis and, and uh, Boston. Awesome. So, so the, this is why the New England Revolution should be your Eastern Conference team. No. Uh, <laughs> but they're going to be good. And, and we've said this a, num- a number of times. The East is wide open. And honestly, New England looks like one of the better teams from top to bottom. If they're not hosting a playoff game, I think the season's a disappointment for them. Yep, I would agree. <clears throat> Where did Cody Cropper end up? Does anyone know? Oh, I I don't care. Okay. <laughs> um, I like following U.S. goalkeepers. But oh yeah, yeah for yeah, sure, whatever. for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, they signed ha- with Houston. Looks like. Oh okay. okay. Yeah. 
More Minnesota guys going to Houston. More, more Minnesotans in Houston. All right. Well, we'll talk about Cody Cropper when we talk about the Western Conference. I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time on backup goalkeepers uh, for Houston uh, <laughs> Dynamo. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to hit the rest of the, the shitty teams from uh, MLS uh, yeah. Yeah. last year. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. talk about uh every everybody's and at least every minnesotan's favorite tire fire um the chicago fire um whose new logo may in fact be a gang symbol <laughs> uh i mean you know we talked atlanta made a lot of changes but uh there was no team that made as many changes um outside of a team being created for the first time uh then the chicago fire did they lost uh, all three of their or they got rid of all three of their dps um losing is not really the uh the right word um as well as uh, so Schweinsteiger, uh, Dax McCarty, and Katai um, all left. David Usted also left, um, as did Raheem Edwards, who was traded to Minnesota um, for uh, one Wyatt Olmsberg. Um, also, Bobby Shuttleworth went there uh, on a free um, to be the backup there. And, uh, yeah, brought in, brought in a, lot of, uh, a lot of new players. So what do we think about the Chicago Fire um, and uh, how they th- we think they're going to look this year in their – New home at Soldier Field. I really think their biggest loss was Dax McCarty. I feel yep. like both going defending and going forward, he's a big piece of the puzzle. McCarty is definitely a big loss for them. Um, you know, one of the biggest disappointments to me last year was uh, Nicholas Gaetan, uh, who was uh, maybe not a big money signing, but was certainly a, a very prominent signing from his team in China, uh, who will no longer be with the club. Um like, I'm excited for Chicago's future. Getting out of Bridgeport was a really, really big win for this. Bridgeview. God, you're right. <laughs> it is Bridgeview. It's Bridgeview, yes. <laughs> Bridgeport is a Chicago neighborhood. That would yes. have been perfect for him, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah. Um, if you've never been to Chicago or explored the Chicago suburbs, Chicago is a phenomenal soccer town. Yeah. Um, every Saturday, the pubs are totally full for EPL. They're full for Liga MX. It's a great... Bridgeview. Bridgeview is an hour outside of Chicago, and in fact, no public transportation goes there that anyone uses. I think technically the path does. But yeah. Fuck that. Uh, so the fact that they're at Soldier Field bodes really, really well for their future. They need a downtown stadium. They'll probably get it at some point. Honestly, probably on the strength of their the Red Stars, their NWSL affiliate. Um, but it's not this season. They're yeah. gonna be. They're gonna be. Almost unwatchably bad. Look, when you're collecting Minnesota United castoffs in Bobby Shuttleworth, Francisco Calvo, and Wyatt Almsberg, you are not building from strength. Yes. It's not like they looked at a championship squad and said, God, we need those guys. Give me them. And Shuttleworth being the best of those three. Yeah. And I like, honestly, <laughs> I actually I like Bobby as a backup goalkeeper. I liked Wyatt Almsberg's future. I actually don't love that trade. We'll get yeah. into that later. Um, Calvo clearly has a skill set. But it's not, it's not how you build a squad. Honestly, the best thing this squad has going for them is their new DP, uh, Robert Barrich, who came in from uh, Saint Etienne. In his uh, in his arrival video, ostensibly did a shot of Jepsen's Malort. Yep, uh, that was great. I think he didn't. I think they changed out the shot halfway through. Uh, this is not 1917. It was not a steady camera. Uh, but there was an edit. There was a cut in there. I think there was a cut in there. If you have never done a shot of Jepsen's Malort, 
Their unofficial slogans are, and I promise these are true, Jepson's Malort, kick your mouth in the balls. <laughs> and Jepson's Malort, tonight's the night you fight your dad. <laughs> um, it is the most foul-tasting liquor anyone has ever had. It's, it's fucking terrible. If you would like some, get in contact with me at D-Wade. I have three bottles in my house that I use to prank people I don't like, and, <laughs> uh, and I will more than happily give some to you yeah. if you request it. That is that is the best thing this team has going for them, is a social media team who's like, you know what's great? Signing a DP no one's heard of and making him do shots of Malort. Whether he did or didn't, it's a great impulse to have. I can't I can't really argue with anything that you said. They have, uh, I'll just add, they have literally like no right back to depth. They're currently on their depth chart. Um, Right center back and right back is occupied by the same person, which is uh, generally not a good a good sign. It's a back three. <laughs> yeah, it's it really is. And uh, Calvo, uh, you know, backup for Calvo is Wyatt Elmsberg. So it's uh, it'll be interesting. Um, Losing Marcelo at center back. Yeah, I mean they do have C- they still have CJ Sapong. Yeah, um, that, that a, helps. And uh, Mihalovic is uh, you know also really good, but I just they don't have literally they MLS have no journeyman CJ Sapong. Yeah, they have literally no depth up front, and they have no depth at right back. Like losing, we thought, we losing thought Nikolic. It's gonna hurt. Yeah, we thought Minnesota didn't had a lack of depth or had depth problems. Like there's nothing compared to what Chicago has right now. So oh. they, they're still. Bring, I think they're bringing in players um, all the way through the through the end of the transfer window, if possible. So one of the longtime dark clouds, he and I were talking about. As bad as things get for Minnesota United, they will never be Chicago Fire. I'm pretty sure. Never say never, but uh, it seems like that's a long. That'd be that'd be a, a very steep hill to fall from. Um, yeah, no, to get to where they are at. I'm I mean, counterpoint: they were worse in 17 than Chicago is likely to be this year. Yeah, I, I mean, on on the field for sure. But oh, on the field, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of like, a, a, I mean, you would have you would have said Philadelphia Union for a, quite some time were a gigantic tire fire. Um, mm-hmm. They fixed their stuff, so it's never say never. But um, but yeah, you're you're right. Like we. We, to aspire to that level of, of tire fireness would be to piggyback on something both of you guys said. Not only the on the field product, but you, you hear me or read me on Twitter like lack of good communication with you know the front office or the social media aspects of Minnesota United. You know, l- lack of a good media presence or understanding how to do interviews properly, how to. Like whether that you need to hype up your team a little bit more or compliment your players, nothing compared to the Chicago Fire. <laughs> no. All right, moving along <clears throat> to a team I'm actually really excited to talk about, the Montreal Impact, because Terry fucking Henri's back, man. I have literally no idea who is on this team <laughs> and who is on any other Canadian team, so I'm going to pass it off to you guys. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. As, as an Arsenal fan... Anything that you want to say about Thierry? I yeah, mean, how are, how he's a god, and I sin- <laughs> and I am sincerely considering if my wife and I have kids, we've made a short list of names, and Thierry is on that list. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, man, Montreal. Santi Cozorla is not on that list. <laughs> I don't want him to break his leg. <laughs> you fucking monster! Why would you name a child after a man whose career boils down to unbelievably good and injured in not equal parts? Um, yeah, so Montreal had a, yeah, that's, honestly, the, that's the biggest news about Montreal. We don't really even need to say anything else, other than they did lose Ignacio Piatti, um, who I really, really, really fucking loved as an MLS player. That dude scored some amazing goals, um, and which is really fun uh, to be on the pitch with, uh, I mean, terrifying, because he could do just amazing shit to you and to your team, but just a really fun, a really fun player to watch. So, um, so that'll be interesting. 
Um, as I mentioned a little earlier, they beat Toronto, so they are the uh, CONCACAF Champions League representatives from Canada. Um, so they'll be fighting on two fronts, probably not for very long. Um, I think I can't remember who they got uh, who they drew, but I don't think it's a, a good matchup for them. Um, otherwise, they haven't really brought anybody else in to uh, to take over for um, you know for Piatti, and and they still have they still have uh, Tider, their uh, DP number eight. Um, Origi Akwankwo. Uh, yep. Um, from Bologna. You know, their they're big signing at the middle of last season, the summer window, and please correct me if this is Vancouver or somebody else, because it legitimately might be. Boyan Kurcic. Uh, yeah, no, that Boyan is, is yeah, he's is Montreal. Montreal, yeah. So, you know, he obviously couldn't hack it at Stoke. Um, yeah. But that's probably due to, to structural issues, considering they took Ibrahim Afalai from Barca after killing it in the Dutch League and ran him into the ground and made him hate soccer. So Bojan, I think, is a, is a player to watch as he's sort of getting his feet back under him. And he is absolutely the type of player who, working with Thierry Henry, could legitimately turn into a 20 or 25 goal scorer. Yeah. To your point, you can't replace Piatti. No. Not this late in nope. the offseason. I mean, he, he left on February 10th is the, the official transaction date. So that's a that's a rough blow for Montreal. Um, I really like Romel Kyoto, who they brought in from Houston. Uh, player made yep. redundant by Darwin, Darwin Quintero, not Darwin. Um, so th- they're interesting on offense. I don't know that they're good enough to bludgeon teams 5-4, 5-3. Um, they're a little fragile at the back. But honestly, you could do a lot worse with, hey, we're, we're going to be kind of mediocre this season. Let's give Thierry Henry objectively one of the greatest strikers of this era or of the previous era a bunch of super talented strikers who maybe haven't been as good as we expected them to be and see what he can do with them that at least is a super interesting project to me yep i agree all right um moving along uh to the columbus crew now another team that did a uh, a large uh, overhaul Wholesale. of their roster yeah. um they lost uh david akam they traded him to nashville um uh, Ricardo Clark, uh, whose option was declined for Federico Iguain. Um, well, Trap obviously was traded to Miami for a shit ton of uh, Tam Gam. Thank you, ma'am. Um, they did bring in Darlington Abbey from Atlanta, um, Axel Solberg uh, from Colorado off of waivers. Uh, obviously, um, former Minnesota United goalkeeper Matt Lampson um, and Fernando Adi uh, as well uh, off of waivers. And, and I would say also Derek Etienne Jr. Um, what do we think about Columbus Crew and their, uh, their rebuild? It was a rebuild because they were not very good last year. They were not. They've certainly brought in some really talented, talented pieces. Darlington Nagby is phenomenal in the midfield. He does so much more. If you watch his game, he does so much more than shows up in the box score. So he'll make them immediately better. Um, I think, honestly, he was the best piece either in or out. So from that standpoint, they're probably better off having brought him in, even if it meant losing Will Trap in the long term. To me, a lot of the a lot of their success this year depends on what Fernando Adi is up to. Um, Can he replace David Akam up top? Super different striker. Yeah, right, very different. Uh, very very different. And they got him for like pennies on the dollar. So well, that- he didn't so much burn his bridge in FC Cincinnati as burn the bridge, burn the city, salt the earth, and then try to sell the smoldering ruin to Canada. <laughs> uh, he, that, man, that man is not welcome in Cincinnati anymore, and that is a town of people who firmly believe that chili involves spaghetti noodles. So they're very tolerant people, and they have lost patience with Fernando Lottie. Um, 
look, he's obviously going to be super motivated to show that he's still got it, that he's the player that people criticize Portland for giving up. And yet, you know, for most of his career, whether it was in Cincinnati and for sure during his time in Portland, he's been criticized for sort of phasing in and out of the season. And I don't see – I like Derek Etienne Jr. okay. Um if He's you're, if you're certainly tra- more depth, I think, than than he is uh, on the right. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Yeah, but if your if your goal scorers are a phasing Fernando Adi and Derek Etienne Jr. Hey, Jussie's Zardes. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about Zardes. Yeah, they have, they have Zardes up there. So yeah, uh, you know what? Actually, that doesn't change what I'm about to say. Okay, doesn't at all. Which is, uh, you can't you can't look at that roster and tell me. They are good. That strike team is good for between one and two goals a game. Zero and one goals? Yeah, absolutely. They will probably score 0. 0.8. <laughs> 0. 0.8 goals a game between the three of them? That feels about right. Um, Not 2.8 to 3.5. No. And and MLS, which used to be defensive, not defensively focused, but have really good defenses, particularly good goalkeeping, is definitely transitioning more into an offense first league, which from a spectator standpoint, I love, but that doesn't mean that you kind of need someone up top who's going to give you 15, 20 goals a season. Minnesota United didn't have that last year, and we certainly paid the price in the second half of last season. I don't feel that Columbus Crew's issues uh, of, of last year were, were Caleb Porter's issues. Uh, he was called in last minute when Greg Burkhalter got called to the U.S. Men's National Team. And so Coach Caleb Porter, he, he tries to do a lot with a little – where do you put him on the coach's hot seat? He's not, he doesn't make my top three. but No, it certainly doesn't make mine either. Um, look, I think it's hard to talk about Columbus without talking about the fact that they were almost contracted. Um, this is a team that, a little bit like the Minnesota Twins, circa the early 90s, faced its own demise and then was sort of given a new lease on life. Um, I think they're just the just happy to be here. Years are over, though. No, I, th- I think that was last season. I think yeah, last, last season, season they're just happy to be here. Yep. Um, you know, Caleb Porter now has a full season. I I love Porter as a coach. I think he's really really solid. Um, I think he's a good fit for Columbus. Yeah, uh, certainly, certainly the way he that deals market. with yep Sorry. yeah exactly no the way he deals with press the way he he talks to his players I think is is absolutely great for Columbus. Talent on the field, I don't know that. Well, you know what? We've said this a million times. We're going to say it again. The East is wide open. So if he can get 80% of Fernando Ade's ceiling, um, if he can get Zardes scoring consistently instead of taking you know a seven-game stretch where he sort of gets in his own head and can't finish, uh, if he can sort of stem the tide on those things, yeah, maybe they are the fifth, sixth, seventh seed. I just don't think we can. you can look at Columbus today and go, yeah, this is a team that should be competing for the league championship. Yeah. Um, speaking of a team that won't be competing for the league championship. <laughs> uh, what a segue. Orlando City. Oh. Uh, so Orlando City, again, is another team that had a major, major rehaul. And I, again, kind of like Montreal, I think the, the most important talking point for this team is Oscar Pereja. Um, bringing him on, the man who rebuilt Colorado when Colorado was a laughingstock. It became a laughingstock again. Um, but also, you know, really rebuilt it and did a lot of really great work down in FC Dallas, um, <clears throat> rebuilding that system. Um, they did bring in a couple of uh, international players, um, a uh, uh, D-mid as well as a, a proving goalkeeper in uh, Pedro Galice. Uh, Galice? Galice? I don't know. 
Caise. And then a Brazilian central mid uh, in Junior Urso from Corinthians. Um, Caise played with Veracruz um, last year. And they have Dom Dwyer, who was obviously on the trading block, um, presumably coming to Minnesota. Uh, he's in the last year of his contract, so he really is, he wants to prove a, you know, I think he, if, you know, Orlando City does well if, if Dom Dwyer plays like a guy in the last year of his contract. Um, and scores 15 to 20 goals. Um, they still have Teshuak and Dele. Um, uh, who's still there? have Nani. Still have Nani. Um, so it's an interesting. It's an interesting team that you know. Again, it's. I think. I don't think they're very good. And I think you last know, year they were worse than the sum of their parts. Yeah. So we're talking about teams yeah. that seem to gel and like you have some big names there that can't really find chemistry. But I th- again, I think really the the big the key is going to be. Um, and the most important sign that they did is I, it, they made it in the offseason was uh, Oscar Pereja. So head coach, you know, it's interesting. You can't really sign Oscar Pereja and expect him to turn a team around in one year. No. He, he hasn't done that in his past. When you look at Oscar Pereja's history and why he was a coach in demand, you're looking at the fact that two, three, four years after he came in, Colorado's getting a ton of homegrown talent. You're looking at FC Dallas right now, which has like at any given time, a third of the starting U.S. men's <laughs> national team. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy who builds academies and who builds for the <laughs> long term. So I, I love that signing for Orlando. And changes it's just cl- not going to show this And changes year. the club culture, too. I mean, that, that's the other thing, too. Like, uh, Orlando City, you know, say what you want about Minnesota United. Um, at least we actually f- turned their shit around last year. Orlando City still needs to figure out, um, you know, they haven't made the playoffs. Uh, they've, it's their third coach now that they're in five years of being in, in existence. Um, there is no culture. I mean, I know I should say I should take that back. I know there are some um, I know a super rookie goes to a lot of Orlando City matches and there's some really passionate soccer fans down in Orlando City. But there's just no there's no actual like culture around around that particular club and not having consistency, you know, on the pitch or in the coaching staff has, has hurt that as well. Um, some would argue that they didn't give Adrian Heath the lot of time he wanted to correctly build a squad um, coming from the Austin Aztecs. They did not give him the full three years for his three-year plan. They did not give him a three-year plan. Um, uh, you know, Jason Kreese, who I, I love to basically, uh, what would you say, insult or... Oh, Jason Kreese, is a, he's a very... Debase. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of a Minnesota uh, uh, bona fides, if you, as it were, in terms of being he, able to get um, yelled at by Minnesota fans. Well, I have relatives in Omaha. You, I'm sorry. You, 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 come from, you come from this Midwest Nebraskan, you know... Stock. And yet you have all the, the manners of a you know obnoxious you know east coast person or you know like this very very he's a a mass hole at heart yeah whether he's ever lived there i don't care he's a mass hole lack of bedside manner in any way like you talk as much as i wish heath would go to media camp jason christ needs to go to media camp way more than adrian heath does i mean so orlando city and their coaching uh revolving door hopefully oscar brea stops that he can build something hopefully he's not a panic fire for them. He's something that they'll want to build a squad around. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If they treat him like a one or two year coach, that has nothing. Whether the experiment is successful or not, says nothing about Pereja and everything about the ownership group. You know, we we say this about MLS squads. We actually have not said this about the uh, 
any team so far, which I think is to our credit. We have not resorted to the cliche. But MLS squads are determined by how well their DPs perform. Um, and for Orlando, I think that's absolutely true. If Nani comes out and is putting in unbelievably aggressive balls and dribbling past guys and Dom Dwyer is there for back post tap-ins, this team is going to be tough to beat on offense. They may be a little bit vulnerable at the back, but they're going to keep up with 3-3 three, three draws, 4-4 four, four draws. Their, their ability to score goals is there from a talent perspective. They absolutely have to do it. So if Nani decides, hey, I'm cashing a paycheck whether I care or not, and they start averaging 1.2, 1.3 goals a game, it's going to be a long-ass season in Orlando. I mean, it would take a lot for me to get really excited about going to sit anywhere in Orlando for 90 minutes in July. <laughs> uh, that town is, is unbearable in the summer. Yeah, so it's, it's, they it's, need to give the fans something that they mm. actually want to watch when it's mercilessly hot outside. Yeah. Besides an indoor ride at Epcot. <laughs> I love right. Hollywood Studios, man. Yeah. Myself. All right. And uh, the worst team in the history of MLS, FC Cincinnati, um, they uh, oh they went and did some <laughs> did some stuff. Um, Maybe not enough, considering I, they still have the same coach. I would yes, uh, and yeah, considering that guy is sounds like a racist uh, and uses uh, ethnic slurs apparently. So and slavery as a motivational talking point. Yeah. So Ron, if you're, Ron, Ron Johns had a hell yeah, of an off season. Ron Johns, Ron Chris uh, Johns, but yes, Johns. Uh, he had a uh, yes. He had He's all not the surf guy that I see all the stickers for. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, they you know they made some changes, but they didn't really make a ton of, of impact changes. Um, yeah, obviously, they did get rid of uh, Fernando Adi. Uh, they waived him. They you know set out a lot of players that they had on their roster last year. Um, they did bring in a couple of GP players, um, Yuya Kubo, uh, on a transfer from Ghent. And actually, that's how the uh, the jerseys got uh, leaked. They put him in a new jersey and went all over the internet, and people were like, "You weren't supposed to do that." Dummies, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jurgen uh, Locadia. Uh, he's on a loan with an option to buy. I think it's a ten million dollar option to buy um, on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion. So um, they definitely are mixing it up on their uh, on their uh, attacking front. Um, I will honestly say I don't think that was where the problem lied. <laughs> Clearly, uh, they needed some help on the defense, and they have not done a ton um, to do that. They did bring in Saad Abdul Salam. Um, but yeah, other than that, they haven't really done a ton to yeah. actually make an impact on on defense. So, come on, Zico Bailey, fourth round draft pick by the LA Galaxy. He's going to make a huge difference back there. He is. This is his no, season. No, 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 that's not happening. You know, SC Cincinnati was obviously horrible last year, which was interesting because they started off reasonably well. They looked pretty good in their first couple of games, um, and I think I, I wonder if one of the things that they looked at was the fact that Adi went out fairly early in the season and they look they had a myriad issues. You can point at the front office, you can point at the coaching staff, you can point at the on-field talent, you can point at the subs, you can point at the fact that they weren't playing in their own stadium. Honestly, the only people you can't reasonably blame for FC Cincinnati's last season was the fans who kept showing up and cheering. The, the FC Cincinnati fans are legit. Yeah, uh, fun. Yeah, super fun. That's a, like, as I think about places I'd love to go see an away game, it's not the stadium I would like to go to, but I'd love to hang out with SC Cincinnati fans. They're legit. When they when they had their their opening match and they had that their big march to the match, that was that was fucking intense. It was yeah. great. It was fa it was fantastic to see. So yeah, you're right. Those fans deserve um they deserve a hell of a lot better than 
what has been put on uh, put out on the pitch by their front office. So. But if if Locadia ends up being Fernando Ade plus the player they thought Ade was going to be plus even more, an extra twenty or thirty percent, that attack looks completely different. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Yuya Kubo coming from Ghent is a legit player. If he can shout know, out to Japanese football players. Yeah, yeah. yo, uh, this is my Kubo and the two strings joke. Uh, <laughs> Go listen to Regina Spector's cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. It was the best song off that soundtrack. Um, if those two guys, she's amazing. She is amazing. If those guys pair up into a legit attack, all of a sudden this team looks very different than it looked last year. They lost a lot of their sort of expansion MLS talent, and I think that's typified by Victor Ajoa, who's mm-hmm. a guy that we talked about a little bit uh, with similar players in Inter Miami. You look at a guy who on an individual game basis, can completely take it over. He can dominate teams that appear to have him completely overmatched, but he couldn't ever do it consistently. Uh, Leander Bertoni, who moved to SC Thun in Switzerland, was a very strong player for them in much of last season. But what good is a passing midfielder when you don't have a striker really to pass to? So I think FC Cincinnati, look... They're not a tire fire quite on Chicago's level, but they're damn close. You can see the sparks flying off them, and it definitely smells like rubber. But I think the, the players they added this year, Majunian, who we talked about being a critical piece for, for uh, Philly, excuse me, uh, moving to Cincinnati, you can see what they're trying to do. My question is whether any of these guys want to play for Ron Jans at this point, and yeah. I think the answer might legitimately be no. And then what the front office is going to do with that. Because at that point, coming into your second MLS season, you're on coach three, four, yeah. four, I think. I think four. You're right. I think you're right. And that's, look, as much as we criticized Orlando City for that, Cincinnati's two coaches per season <laughs> record is, I mean, that's enviable. Yes, that would not be great. <clears throat> um all right, so that is that wraps up the uh, the Eastern Conference. Uh, this conference is bad. Yeah, the let's. Thing uh, that, the let, thing that you probably need to take away is that this conference is wide open, not because it's a bunch of really good teams who could beat the shit out of each other, but because it's bad. Yeah. So let's say let's do uh, let's do top three and bottom three. Um, uh-huh. We'll start with this bottom. Be fun. We'll start with bottom three. Um, yeah, man. I I it's got to be FC Cincinnati and Orlando City are for sure in there. And then it's a matter of, uh, I think, I honestly think the Fire um, are going to, um, I mean, the Fire, like, we're in eighth place last year, um, just missed the playoffs, um, you know, by a fair amount, but they weren't, it wasn't like it was a, it was very close. They missed it by three, three points. Um, I just, they're, they have, they have so many holes in their, in their lineup and as well as depth. I think that, you know, one or two injuries and Chicago Fire may even challenge FC Cincinnati for being the worst team in the league this year. So what do you guys got for? bottom three uh sadly i have the same three it was it really came down to so fc cincinnati and orlando city are shoe-ins and it really came down to the chicago fire and columbus crew for me and i just think based on the off-season acquisitions that chicago fire they have as david said it well they have more holes um and i think management wise Coaching-wise, they're on shakier ground. My bottom three are slightly different. Uh, I think Chicago is going to be the worst team in the league, irrespective of conference, which when we get to Nashville, and I absolutely savage everything they've done this offseason, is going to be shocking. Yikes. Uh, But I think think Chicago is going to be the worst team in the league. I think Orlando will be the second worst. And to me, the third is a little bit of a toss-up between Cincinnati and Montreal. 
I think Montreal has more talent issues. I think they were overly reliant on Piatti last season, and they, they can't. Not just that they haven't replaced him. They can't replace him. Um, if Cincinnati can fire Ron Jans and get a real coach in there, I you can see how that team will win some games. Um, the flip side is if Thierry Henry inspires Montreal's attack to be, you know, three twenty-five goal scorers, you know, that's pretty tough. To, <laughs> pretty tough to beat, except their yeah. defense is super bad, so they'll still give up enough goals to be in the bottom. All right. Uh, and then your top three. Um, Dan, why don't we start with you since I started last time? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm high on New England this year. I think they're going to be really, really talented. Uh, I think NYCFC is is tough to pick against. I don't love the direction that club is heading. I think it was to their detriment that they waited so long to hire a coach, but I still have them in the top three. And then D.C. United. All right. MJ? Uh, D.C. United is my number one. Uh, New York City FC is my number two. And I will say uh, Philadelphia Union somehow finds a way to stay up at number three. All right. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I really, I really like Toronto and what Toronto has built. Um, not having to worry about champions league this year. I think they are, I think they're going to come out of the gates hot. Um, there's no gold cup uh, to worry about. They're not, I don't think they're going to be losing anybody for the Olympics. Um, Cause all their guys are 30. <laughs> um, and then, so they, I don't think they were going to lose too many uh, folks uh, during the, during the season. So I have Toronto actually winning the Eastern Conference this year. Um, I have East, uh, NYCFC coming in second just because, again, as you said, Dan, it's really hard to pick against them when they have been as consistent as they have for the last three years. Um, and then I also like uh, Philadelphia um, United. I, I think this is a year Atlanta United doesn't make the playoffs. I think they fall all the way down to eighth. Um, that, that's my uh, the dream. That's my crazy, crazy lock of the, lock of the season is Atlanta United um, finishes out of the playoffs uh, for the first time and their fans just freak the fuck out because they will have no idea what to do if they're not playing in the playoffs. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that wraps up the Eastern Conference. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Um, you can always uh, find us at uh, Dave's I know uh, at men at gmail.com at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Hour. Dan's at D Wade. MJ's at MJ Matsui. Bill, um, who unfortunately um, Heard his back last week and hasn't been able to be here the last couple weeks. Wishing him a speedy recovery is at Bill underscore McGuire. You can always find us um, on the Twitter. Um, we're very, very uh, frequent Twitter users, so that's probably the best place to hit us up. Uh, we're going to be recording the Western Conference next and uh, talk a little bit about Minnesota United next week. So, uh, all right, very thanks for listening. We are the Dave, Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. Long as you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.